I, I maybe I did play just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WTT's After Further Review. We're back now on the phone lines with David, the man of God Harris. As you're listening to After Further Review, make sure you listen to our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. WTT After Further Review on SoundCloud and on iTunes is just After Further Review with a picture of Frank Vashner and the horse's head. But right now, we're in the final mock draft for David, the man of God, Harris. And the draft, actually, is next week. And uh, it's been a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, know, the stories start to ram up a little bit about what's going on in the draft. And uh, David, now that we have him on the phone line, he says that um, most of his mock draft hasn't changed too much on the top half. But the second half is when... uh, they get into it, but David, explain how you you've come up with how you come up with all thirty two teams, how they're gonna pick. Now, remember, he's doing these picks without knowing any trades. Now, some trades can happen during the draft or maybe a few days before. But as long as everything stays intact, this is how he's doing the picking. Yeah, and so kind of similar to those, you know, experts, you know, Mel Kiver, Todd McShay, the Dan Jeremiah's of the world, looking at each team. In that moment, looking at team needs, looking at who's on the roster, who they've acquired through free agency, trade, kind of any rumors, and then looking at recent transactions. And so thinking about who is who can come into that roster and be an impact player, especially when you're thinking about first round. And so taking all these factors in, and then it's just a matter of kind of thinking if there's a player that, there's, you know, multiple, so when, if you're in the top 10, you have multiple needs. And so it's sometimes the best available player, others that, you know, not trying to outthink the room and just kind of going with the smart, quote unquote, smart pick and playing it safe. And so you've heard in recent weeks, the, you know, Mel and Todd, you know, eight plus mock drafts, just kind of a, you know, if they were the GMs in those positions, here's who they would pick. If they had, you know, that selection, you know, trades notwithstanding. And so, I mean, my, all my mock drafts have been that A-plus mock draft model. It's team need, looking at who's available, and then who they should pull the trigger on. Okay, uh, go ahead. Our first pick is now the Browns. Who do they pick? And, I mean, it, it's been pretty unanimous for me from the get-go. I still think Saquon Barkley, a one in a generation offensive talent, why why outsmart the room? Like I I understand everyone saying, well, you know, quarterback's the most important position, but they keep failing at drafting the most important position. So, like, and again, Saquon Barkley is just sitting there, and if they let Saquon Barkley go, we know he's going to go to a team and have a Kareem Hunt kind of season where, you know, 
everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the Browns passed up on this amazing player. Look at how amazing he is on the field. So just play it safe and just take the best available player. And everyone agrees that's safe on Barton. Hmm. Wow. I don't know. Okay. All right. Go with the second pick, the Giants. Now, if they take Barkley, who the Giants take? Yeah, I, I saw the Giants taking Josh Rosen. So, uh, and Dave Gettleman this week said, oh, we're not really thinking about the quarterback for the future. I mean, Eli Manning is getting up there. Like, at some point, you have to draft the quarterback for the future. Because Eli, contrary to popular belief, will not play as long as Peyton did. Like, and he's already a shell of himself. So why not get the guy of the future? And I think for what the Giants system is, I think that's Josh Rosen. Okay, so Barkley, then Rosen, even though they say he's a millennial and he's not, you know, he can kind of be difficult. You think the the Giants are going with him and probably stay behind uh, Eli Manning. Now, who do the Jets go with at the number three spot? It's rumored that Baker Mayfield could possibly be in that selection. Yeah, and kind of thinking about that fit again, I think, like, people say, oh, you want to have that Joe Namath kind of brash kind of personality you know, in the Jets green. But I still think Sam Darnold is the safer quarterback. I still think, regardless, they're going to go quarterback just because the Jets always need a quarterback. And so why not just go Darnold? Okay. So they're going to go with Darnold at the quarterback. Well, I guess that makes sense since the Browns didn't pick Darnold. So now that the Browns at the number four spot, who do they get? And people are still going to be mad at me for you know, are you saying what about Chubb? drafting the quarterback? No, I'm. I still haven't taken Quinn Nelson because you got to sure up that offensive line because that offensive line, especially within that division, is rough. Well, I, like I can I ask you this though? Why off? Why sure up the offensive line if you don't have a quarterback? I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean that doesn't make any sense. You didn't draft the quarterback, and then you said, "Well, well, you know what? We're sure up the offensive line to get this dynamic, you know, running back." But at the same time, though, it's like this isn't the quarter. You know, Tyrod Taylor is not going to be the quarterback of the future for this team. No, but I mean, I still think even kind of with your need at quarterback, having like I would rather have a, or get a, a lineman who. Across the board, people say is the best offensive lineman prospect, arguably in the 21st century. Like if he's this kind of good talent, he's able to run it, run block, pass block, and you know that eventually you're going to get a quarterback. Why not already get the player in place that's going to help you protect that guy? Yeah, that makes. And sense. And so, you lost Joe Thomas this year, and so. While Quinn Nelson is at the guard spot, just still having someone who can come in and be that next generation, a guy that could play, you know, every snap, every down for multiple years. I think Quinn Nelson is that guy. And there are quarterbacks out there. Mm-hmm. Like, they may not be the flashy big-name quarterback, but, I mean, there's quarterbacks out there. I mean, you get, they got... Deshaun Kaiser last year in the second round. So, I mean, 
Well, yeah, but they don't have Deshaun Kaiser now. I mean, you know, some people were upset that they ended up passing on Deshaun Watson in the first round of, of last year's draft. Or, uh, you know, it, you traded, you passed up on him, and then Watson had a heck of a year until he got injured. So some people are saying, you know, what's the if the if the Browns if the quarterback is there, get the quarterback now. I guess that's what people are saying because you've done this in years past. And you haven't had a quarterback since you've actually come back in the league. So why make the same mistake for the hundredth time? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's my rationale with not taking a quarterback. It's the most solid quarterback play that the Cleveland Browns have had is Tim Couch. Mm, like, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, like, like that was me just off the top of my head. Like, I had to think about who the most consistent Browns quarterback was. I mean, like, that's saying something. And so this mantra of, you know, keep quarterback till work, like, at some point you just have to say, all right, this is not working. Like, let's try something out. And I think getting two can-miss prospects with your first four, you know, the two of the first four picks, that, that's an A-plus draft. That's winning the draft in my book. Okay, I, like I said, I, I really think you got a decent group of quarterbacks. I think the Browns, I, I see what you're saying, Saquon Barkley, but then again, running backs, you know, you want a guy that want to be a franchise guy. You ain't building around a, a running back because they can at least, you know you can get at least four to six good years out of them. And some are saying that he's a home run hitting type of running back. I, I, don't, I believe he's a good piece around a great quarterback, but... At the same time, though, I don't know, David. I, I really think this is a draft where the Browns, if they're smart, they need to get a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, and, and sure up stuff. I could see drafting quarterback number one and then shoring up the line. You know, that would make a lot of sense. But if Tyrod Taylor's not the man, you, you got to stop having all these bridge the gap quarterbacks. That's just me. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I understand. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the mock drafts are, and we've seen the gamut of all the different quarterbacks at the number one spot. The most recent mock drafts have, you know, Josh Allen at the number one spot. I mean, in, in this era, everyone, you know, has that same mentality as quarterback wins this league, quarterback wins this league. But if you look at the most recent Super Bowl champion, you really don't need a good quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You just need one that won't screw up. Right. And I mean... And granted, Tom Brady is both a great quarterback, but he also doesn't screw up. I mean, Nick Foles just didn't screw up. Like, Nick Foles is not an elite quarterback. I'm sorry. Like, there's a reason why he was the backup to a second-year player. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, I, yeah, I get that, but I, I don't know, David. I mean, he came. he didn't really do a full season's worth of work. Um... I, I think that you can you can probably get a quarterback, especially with that team. Once they got going, they got going. So I think that's how it propelled Nick Foles. Like he said, he didn't mess up or anything. They were able to win the Super Bowl. But do I really think that Philadelphia probably could have won the Super Bowl if Nick Foles was the quarterback the entire season? Uh, I don't know about that one. But only time will tell. We'll, we'll see what the Browns can do. But I think – with all these quarterbacks in this draft, I don't I don't see why making the same mistake while you're getting Barkley, then you're getting the, the line shored up, and then well, we'll get a quarterback in the second round. I mean, it, it's almost like the fact, again, okay, now why are you going to draft a quarterback in the second round? Because 
the possibility of that being another Deshaun Kaiser or bridging quarterback is going to be high. You already got the, 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 the bridging quarterback. You know, you're trying to get the franchise guy. But we'll move on. Number five, who who do the Broncos select? There, I, I have the Broncos taking Josh Allen, kind of that, you know, John Elway in this perpetual, we need a quarterback just to kind of be this franchise guy, even though Josh Allen didn't over 2,000 yards. He really, you know, didn't beat anyone big. But it's John Elway, so he's going to keep drafting quarterbacks, even though I did lean a little bit thinking about the possibility of them going defense. I've Who seen a lot of mock Josh Allen. Okay. So they going with the big arm quarterback. Well, I mean, even what's his face? I keep seeing what's his face, but I said um, a lot of people are saying that John Elway, he's adamant on drafting quarterbacks. He's going to try to draft the quarterback that he until he gets a franchise guy, and he's going to keep doing it in each draft until he gets them. So. If if they don't get a quarterback this year, he's gonna probably do it next year. Yeah, and they'll probably run. You know, Josh Allen's big armor. Josh Allen will just turn to the next Trevor Simeon <laughs> or Brock Osweiler, or you know, great guys. Probably you know if you just talk to him. But so that's about it. Next one, the Colts at number six. Hopefully, they're not drafting a quarterback. I mean, they probably do need to because I don't even know if Edgy you know, Luck's going to play this year. But I'm going Bradley Chubb kind of from North Carolina State. Consensus best defensive player in the draft. Colts need defense, among other things. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so next, the Buccaneers at number seven. Well, pretty consensus and kind of continue on with trying to not many changes. I still haven't taken Mika Fitzpatrick from Alabama. Still seeing just amazing talent. And it's, for some, it's personal preference. Some like Derwin James here. Some like Denzel Ward here. I just think Mika Fitzpatrick is the best bet. Mm-hmm. All right, next pick, the Bears, at number eight. Baker Mayfield. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm about to say, what? They don't need a quarterback. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still taking Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Brigham Attack. Although, I mean, to be fair, I think if they go wide receiver here, no one would be surprised. If they go safety, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if, pretty much if they go anywhere on defense, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Well, why say that? I mean, just looking at the division and looking at the offensive units that they have to go up against in Minnesota, you got a you know motivated Kirk Cousins and a, you know, a Dalvin Cook that's coming back with you know stuff to prove. You got a ticked off Aaron Rodgers, and you got a you know ticked off Matt Stafford. So, but you're going to need you're going to need someone, especially. In that back seven, mm-hmm. you can kind of keep eyes on the quarterback and potentially, you know, make plays on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think Tremaine Edwards would be a solid fit. Hmm. Tremaine Edwards. All right, number nine, the 49ers. Here I'm taking Derwin James, which saved you from Florida State. Solid pick. Nothing, yeah. Nothing really you can go wrong for San Francisco. 
Number 10, Oakland. Who do they go with? I'm going with Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. I've seen him go as high as six to Indianapolis, but I think you know 10 is a perfect fit both in terms of his personality, his style, the way he plays, and then kind of adding to that Oakland defense. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the Dolphins at number 11. Uh, Dolphins, I saw them taking Vita Vea, the defensive tackle from Washington. Got to replace Indomitian, too. Got to sure up that defensive line. Can't miss prospect at 11. Number 12, the Buffalo Bills circling the wagons and actually made the playoffs last year the first time since 1999. And to celebrate, I, I Bills Mafia celebrating with the Heisman Trophy winner. I saw them going with Baker Mayfield. You got the Baker Mayfield going to the Bills? Yeah, I just... Why? I think just one, curious. Well... One, they're another team that even though they went to the playoffs losing Tyrod Taylor, pretty much basically because the ownership was just like, yeah, we don't want to pay you. And yeah, you really don't kind of fit the way that we want to play offense. And I mean, they brought in A.J. McCarron in the offseason. We know that Nathan Peterman is not an NFL quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. And so at this point, you're just looking at Okay, who's going to get in to be that guy? And I think Baker Mayfield, yeah, he's undersized, but he adds he adds enough with his ability to kind of make plays through the air and then as well on the ground. Plus, he's just a you know vibrant personality, and you know, Bills Mafia would love him because they're crazy. Baker Mayfield's been known to be crazy. What about now we go on to the Washington Redskins? Yeah, and I have, I have Washington here taking Denzel Ward, the cornerback from Ohio State. I've seen a couple of players and are switched in. I've seen some mock drafts thinking that they go defensive tackle or de- you know, sure enough, the defensive line here. I've seen linebacker, but I think, Den- I think addressing the safety needs is the for me, the biggest priority. And we're following up with the Redskins, we go to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers a little testy and saying, you know what, management makes management decisions, basically. They don't have to consult yeah. with him. He says, I just play, and they make the management positions or management decisions. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of making the best on, you know, what's best for the team. They can mark his dad and forth the defensive lineman, you know, pass rusher from UT San Antonio. I mean, safe pick at this point is kind of, you know, has been overused, but I think that's fit for their defensive scheme. Marcus Davenport fits the mold. Then we go on to the Arizona Cardinals. And this is where I shift a little bit, you know, Switch up from the mock draft 2.0. I have him taking Josh Jackson, the cornerback from Iowa here. I originally had them in 2.0, or mock draft 2.0, taking my cues, the DB from Central Florida. So, still a little switching around, and I think 
Josh Jackson here. If they go cornerback position, I've seen some mock drafts, see some reports saying that they may go wide receiver. That's because, you know, Larry Fitzgerald can't really, you know, be that number one for so much longer. And there's thoughts of, do you want to get his replacement now? Kind of with a guy like Halford really still available on the board. But I think some of the, you know, the way that the secondary in particular has kind of taken a really steep decline over the past few seasons. I think getting a guy who's going to immediately come in and play right away on that in that secondary a little bit more important than the, on the offense side of the ball because the offense will figure itself out. Number 16, the Battle of the Birds, though. After one bird goes, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Who do they take? Sure. I have the Ravens taking Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Solid pick, safe pick. Baltimore loves Jackson, their offensive lineman. And one of the better offensive linemen, arguably second-best offensive prospect behind his college teammate, Quentin Nelson. So I have the Ravens sure enough to line. Now, some people were saying that the Browns might possibly take him. Yeah, and I've, I've seen him as low as 31 to the Patriots, 32 to the Eagles. And my thinking is, if you're, you know, top three offensive linemen, you're not falling that far in the first round, especially when in this day and age in particular, when the quarterbacks are getting you know, $20, $25 million a year, you know, top tier status, and then, you know, most quarterbacks are making, you know, double digit, fifteen million plus a season. You're gonna to want to protect you know, whether front side or blind side. And so my thinking is if there's a lineman out there and you're a team that one has a franchise quarterback or two wants to protect a young quarterback, just just get the lineman. Don't don't try to outsmart the room, don't try to outthink the room. If that's it, because linemen, you know, you, it's hard to find a good offensive lineman in the draft. And so, kind of people have this mentality of, oh, you know, just get a guy six two six three, you know, three fifty, throw him up there, he can block. Like that doesn't work. Like it actually takes skill and you know ability. Like not everyone that's that size can play at the offensive line. Like even even the ones that were great in college, that transition to the pros is tough. And so I'm my thinking that a program like Notre Dame that has produced some pretty good offensive linemen in recent memory and has two of the best offensive linemen in this draft class. I mean, we, we saw what Notre Dame looked like this season in the past couple seasons in terms of protecting quarterback and having great you know. Um, running backs behind. Well, I mean, just don't don't overthink the rope. Yeah, I totally feel you on that one. Up next, the Chargers at seventeen, the L.A. Superchargers. Uh, I have the Chargers here taking Layton Vander Esch, the linebacker from Boise State, still shoring up and beefing up that defensive side of the ball, adding more pieces and more weapons to the fold. And then how about the Seattle Sea Chickens, as Chris Proctor used to call them, but we got the Seahawks at number 18. 
And I, here's where I had the Jackson and Hughes flop. So I have the, the sea chick is taking Mike Hughes, the cornerback from Central Florida. I just think even though they need defensive, you know, they need pass rush, even though they could use another defensive lineman, I just think that secondary, you know, is their calling card, and you got to protect that secondary. You got to add another piece. Then the Dallas Cowboys at number 19. Now, they got rid of Des Bryant last week. Do they go with a receiver? I know this draft doesn't have a lot of receivers in it, but what do they do here at number 19? Yeah, I think even Jerry Jones is, you know, smart enough to recognize, okay, we need a number one wide receiver. And the obvious bet is Calvin Ripley here from Bama. And, you know, according to my mock draft, he will still be on the board. But even if, say, um, Arizona at 15 takes him. I've seen Calvin Ridley go as high as 12 to Buffalo or, you know, 14 to Green Bay. So even if um, Calvin Ridley is off the board at 19, even getting a guy like DJ Moore or Cortland Sutton, they just need a wide receiver. Like, they need a true number one that can come in day one, be that guy that can help alleviate pressure for that Cowboys offense. All right, number 20, the the Detroit Lions. And I have the Lions taking Darius Geist, the running back from LSU, like I talked about in the Mock Draft 2.0 kind of um, report. You need a running back if you're Detroit. Matt Stafford can't throw the ball 18 million times. He can't be the one that has the ball in his hands 24-7. He needs someone to take that pressure off. And so, Darius Geis, in my opinion, the second-best running back in the draft behind, of course, Saquon Barkley, but can't miss prospect, at least for me. So you're saying he's a can't-miss prospect. Okay. Next one, we go to the Bengals. Who do they get? Marvin Lewis still there. Still there, still kicking somehow, but still cashing them checks. I the Bengals going Will Hernandez, the offensive guard from UTEP. He's, you know, UT El Paso. I just think if you're going to have Andy Dome there, at least give him some time to, you know, some time to throw, but then also his ability to, or Hernandez's ability to both run and pass block. And so, kind of just Again, you need if he's finding good options of linemen in the draft, as versatile, going on the run and the pass. Don't don't let him slip. Next, we have the Buffalo Bills again, second pick in the first round. Yeah, and I have the Bills taking Cortland Sutton, Waters here from SMU. They've lost some pretty significant weapons. At the wide receiving four in, or over the past year, and so both shoring up that that wide receiver core one, but then two giving Baker Mayfield a weapon to throw to, who's solid, who's, who has good hands, who can you know run every route. You know that's one of those trademark things in the wide receiver run every route. 
And so I think he's just that's the best wide receiver left at the Calvin Ridley. Now here's an interesting pick. Number 23 is the New England Patriots. Some people are saying that they're trying to piece together something to trade up in the draft to possibly get Baker Mayfield. But what do they have here at 23, though? Yeah, I think I think here they'll address one of their one of their needs on the linebacker uh, in the defensive side. Originally, or in my mock draft 2.0, has them going safety, but I think they'd be more likely to go with Sean Evans, the linebacker from Alabama just to give another presence in that inside linebacker, but Evans can also play outside linebacker as well. So a little bit of versatility in the linebacker core. Now, number 24, the Panthers, Carolina edition. Um, again, thinking about you know, who's in the room, thinking who's close to retirement. I have them going Mike the city, the Titan from Penn State, simply because Greg Olson is, you know, more and more injury prone. One, two, he's getting up there in years. So you eventually need a replacement, someone that can be as reliable for Cam Newton moving forward as Greg Olson has been in the previous years for Cam. Number 25, the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, I have them maintaining and protecting their offensive line. I have them taking Colton Miller with the offensive tackle from UCLA. Got to keep Mariota upright. Wow, that, that. that was quick. 26, the Falcons. <laughs> and I have the Falcons taking Deron Payne, the defensive tackle from Bama. And I know this is relatively low. I In my 2.0, I had them taking or had Deron Payne going to the Cowboys, but then that's Brian got released, so that went out the window. And I don't think looking at some of the teams before, maybe he's a possibility at 17 to the LA Chargers. Maybe he's a possibility at 13 to Washington, but I think a better fit would be Atlanta, just considering and thinking about what they need and what they're trying to do to kind of revitalize the defensive line after losing a lot of players. Up next, we have the Tennessee Titans again at 20, or excuse me, no, I mean the Saints at 27. And I have the Saints here taking Caden Hurst, the Titan from South Carolina. Again, similar position to the Carolina Panthers, Need a solid, reliable tight end. But, you know, option in New Orleans, at least this past season, was didn't really work out. And so, got to really think about who can be that reliable safety valve for Drew Brees. That's consistent. And Hayden Hurst, big body, big frame, one of the better receiving tight ends in this draft. And at New Orleans, you know, pass happy environment. You got to have someone that can catch the ball. Up next, we had number 28, your team, the Steelers. Are they, drafting, I, are they the, drafting a quarterback? I mean, I saw one mock draft and, you know, it made some news on the CN ticker, kind of us, you know, trading up to get Lamar Jackson. 
And, like, I love Lamar Jackson. But the Roomies ain't doing that. Like, the Roomies are not trading up to get Lamar Jackson. Like, if, if that happens, like, if that happens, I will come on the show next week and, like, offer to give somebody $100 or something. Like, like that's just, like, we don't trade up for a quarterback unless it's, you know, an elite transmit guy. And in terms of the Roonies, they won, you know. I don't even know what kind of quarterback they want to move it for. Because Ben can do it all. He's big, tough, physical, but then he can also, you know, get a pretty cannon. But I digress. We're, we're not going offense. I've, I've been taking Justin Reed, the safety from Stanford, just because we, we need help back. We need help in the secondary. Like, and Justin Reed can play safety, can come down and play nickel corner. And we, we just need help in the secondary badly. And I think if Justin Reed is there, pull the trigger. He said go with Justin Reed. Up next, the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars, which is one of your favorite teams. And, and again, another team that definitely needs a number one wide receiver. I've been taking DJ Moore from Maryland. And he'll immediately be the number one wide receiver as soon as he gets drafted. Uh, then after that, what about, well, why did they re-sign Blake Bortles? That's the one thing I never understood. Blake Bortles, yeah, you got to the AFC Championship game, but I don't think he's the franchise guy. No, and I, I don't think he is either. I had I saw a couple mock drafts that had Lamar Jackson going to the Jaguars. I'm like, nah. Like, I'm, like, I don't think Lamar Jackson to the Jaguars. I mean, yes, it would be a great fit. Yes, it would be exciting to see him and, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Leonard Fournette in the backfield together. But for me, I just, I just think it's one of those situations where it's, you know, stop, he's a stopgap guy. He's going to be there for a couple seasons until they find going full big guy or then you just roll with and they just roll with him. How long is he going to be the stopgap guy though, David? I mean, he's been there, what, at least four years? That's well, a long time for a stopgap guy. Well, I mean, part of it is like looking at who else is, you know, back to receiving four. Like, there really isn't anyone else, you know. Not a wide receiver four. Who else is in that quarterback group with them? And, you know, they're banked Ownership and brass are banking on. Okay, he's not a one-season wonder. Yeah. He is the quote-unquote going to be the guy this year. Was you know start of a trend, like all those things, and you know that contributes to them paying the big money. But, I mean, for what it's worth, getting to the it's hard to get to an AFC Championship game. I mean, Bill Rivers has like not gotten that far, and he's had dynamic weapons around him. And a lot of people say that Phil Rivers is, you know, an elite quarterback. So, I mean, you gotta give him some credit. Like, granted, you know, his early career was, you know, don't screw up. But yeah. then it's also, yeah. Yeah, we, we gotta move on, David. I mean, we, we go through the sequel of Blake Bortles. Yeah, I can go on and on. Yeah, yeah, we don't need that. 
Number 30, the Vikings. Yeah. I have the Vikings going Isaiah Wins off the lineman from Georgia. I think, again, protect your investment. They just paid her cousin 84 mil. So, got to have someone to protect his rear end to keep him upright. The Patriots at 31. That's why some people are saying that the Patriots are trying to pack together their two first-round picks to get higher up in the draft. But if everything stays the same, where do they go with at 31? And you know, I, I I wrote the bombshell a couple weeks ago, and I still think if he's there, which you know, again, not taking into consideration trade, but if Lamar Jackson is there at 31. You gotta take them. Like, and yeah, I know that, that makes that makes that makes sense. I all agree with that. Uh, I mean, I doubt that he'll be there at thirty-one, especially since in this draft, I imagine him falling, you know, with trades no further than like fifteen, sixteen, maybe you know, someone trades up and get him, but I think. You'll have to trade into the top 15 if you definitely want him, and you're going to have to move up that far. And that's, again, considering trades, that's when it most likely happens. Hmm. All right, and then the last pick, the Philadelphia Eagles fly, Eagles fly. What happens here? And I was, I was the Eagles taking Sonny Michelle, the running back from Georgia. Kind of immediate guy, best available player, another dynamic playmaker that you can add to that already high pirate offense. I just think it's another weapon for Carson Wentz, to, you know, for that offense to utilize. And I think he'd be a dynamic fit. <laughs> All right, that was David the Man of God Harris's mock draft. We're actually going to review this and see if you were right on. All 32 picks. Now, obviously, there could be trades that happen. And, and then if trades happen, then you, you already know that uh, the, the draft is going to get kind of screwed up with the picks and everything like that. But, you know, like I said, we can listen to it on our podcast, WXGT's After Further Review on SoundCloud or just After Further Review on iTunes. Anything else you want to add about this draft? I think it's in Chicago this year, right? Uh, I thought it was in Dallas. Well, no, no it's in Dallas. Either That's way. right. Yeah, it is in Jerry's world. I thought it was. I know it was in Philly last year, and he got booed. Yeah. Um. I kept thinking for some reason I kept thinking it was Chicago. Maybe it was, was it Chicago the year before that? Yeah. That's what I, I know. It was Chicago a couple years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's uh Dallas. Whoopsie. I mean, either way. I mean, maybe maybe whoever the Cowboys picked, I'm lucky. You know. If it's not a wide receiver, you can expect, you know, Cowboys Nation to boo the commission off the stage. And he's like, where's Jerry Jones? I know he's up in his office, in the office and they'll go up there. Someone will kick down his door. He's like, you sure you have a wide receiver? But not really. Like, I really hope that doesn't happen. He's right. smart out there. Right. Yeah, I feel you. All right, so that's been David the Man of God Harris's uh, mock draft. When we come back, you said you want to talk a little soccer. Yeah, we're going to talk a little, you know talk about the the world football game and talk a little bit about what is the most competitive professional soccer because right. it's not MLS. 
Well, I guess that's obvious. Well, we'll I mean, have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty obvious, David. Well, we'll talk about that here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you listen to us on Saturdays, 11 to 1 on 88.3 WXUT. And like I mentioned before, if you missed us, got that podcast for you on SoundCloud and on iTunes. <clears throat> when we return, we'll talk a little soccer, or in the world they call it football, here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review. <laughs> 